In today's episode, we're going to be speaking with three inspirational women over 50 who have transformed their body and their health. Let's find out how they achieved it. All content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. None of the content provided is intended to diagnose, treat or relieve any medical health conditions and is not intended as a substitute for advice provided by your physician. You should always consult a healthcare professional before adopting any diet and lifestyle changes. Hi, I'm Donna Aston, and welcome to my Body Masterclass. As a nutritionist for the last 30-odd years, I've had the opportunity to work with some extraordinary health professionals, clients, and colleagues. During this podcast series, I'm going to share with you their experience, as well as mine, help you to sort fact from fiction, and hopefully inspire you to live your best life. My Body Masterclass is like the instruction manual that you didn't receive for your body until now. Kim Hamer is an entrepreneur, marketing and personal branding consultant. Carolyn Crone, originally from the UK, runs a family-owned business with her husband and has two daughters. And Eleanor Casey is originally from Ireland. She's semi-retired and has two children at university. By the time we're over 50, most of us have done dozens and dozens of diets, often unsuccessfully. We're going to find out today what these women did differently. So today I have some very special guests with me and we have Eleanor, we have Kim and we have Kaz and we're all over 50s and I think it's a time in our life where sometimes we can, things are changing, our body changes, our hormones change, um, our life situation often changes as well and I think that it's a, a really good opportunity to have a little bit of a chat through our different stories. You've all um, been on a bit of a journey through the Aston RX program so we can have a chat about that but I know that while you've achieved a lot of things physically with that, I'd also like to talk about how that's impacted your life in general. So one of the really fortunate things for me in my job is that I get to really learn a lot from my clients and members of the program as well. So while I'm officially the coach, uh, every single day I'm learning something from the people that go through the program, which I absolutely love and it feeds my soul. That's why I do what I do. So um, I'd like to welcome everyone. I'll start with Kim, I think. Kim, would you like to tell us a little bit about your journey over the last few years? Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for coming all the way from the UK. <laughs> exactly. So um, just so we clear up the accent, I am originally a Melbourne girl, but I've been living in London in the UK for 20 years. And I'm currently back here because my little sister uh, turns 50 this week. Uh, so we are all celebrating. Um, I think my journey is really summed up by sort of a, a long career in corporate life and towards the end I was starting to think about what's next for me. Uh, at the same time my body was changing, you know, I was in my late 40s and thinking about I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And um, I was lucky enough to get a package, get paid out from an organisation and had a gap year. And then when I went to go back and get a job, I realised 
there was no Kim Shape box. Uh, I was going to have to build it myself. So I've been an entrepreneur. I've had my own business for five years. I'm a leadership and visibility and personal branding coach uh, based out of London, but I work with global clients. And um, when I turned uh, 51, perimenopause started and I started to just feel less energised, really disconnected from my body. I had to fight really hard uh, with doctors to get any HRT, particularly male doctors. So once that happened, I kind of went, well, what's next? And it was really about getting reconnected with my physical health again. And um, my sister had done Aston RX and I'd watched her and sort of said, I think this might be for me. So that was a couple of years ago now. And um, yeah. Amazing. What a, what an incredible story. And Eleanor? Um, my story is probably a little bit different to Kim's in that I've had really a lifelong battle with weight. Um, my accent probably give me away. I'm from Dublin originally, <laughs> came to Australia on a working holiday visa 40 years ago and I'm still here. Um, um, yeah, and I think I've known Donna for, gosh, 15 years probably. At least. At least. <laughs> um, and exercised a lot with the gym. Never got the nutrition right. I just never got the, I still thought it was running around the town, uh, eating less. Um, and then when I tried the Aston RX program for the first time, I was like, whoa. Um, I was lucky that I tried it for the first time during COVID because my social life was curtailed a bit. Um, and I haven't looked back. Um, I do strength training. I eat protein. Um, strength training's probably been a big sort of game changer for me as well. Absolutely love that. And I, you know, still see people running around the tan. Not that there's anything wrong running around the tan, but I get how strength training is sort of the key. And it really, when I say, you know, it's changed my life, my life hasn't changed. I've just reframed how I live in my life now. Um, and, you know, the, the, the relief of not having to get on the next diet or buy the next diet book or... Because you feel you have a better understanding Absolutely. now of how your body yeah. works. Yeah. And you know what to eat what and you to know what to do. What not to eat. Yeah. 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 And I know I can tune into what I feel like eating, what I don't feel like eating. Um, and I know that I now say I eat what I want. Yes. And I do because what I want to eat now is very different to what I used to want to eat. And that's very freeing. Yeah, mm. fantastic. And Kaz, tell us a little bit about yeah, your so story. Mine's a bit different. I'm from Liverpool in England recently. Uh, came here 30 years odd years ago um we i looked at um your program in during covid so after the first lockdown in melbourne we all you know walked around the blocks and drank lots and you know ate lots got takeaway meals and i was really unhappy with that whole scenario so in lockdown two i decided to get off the wine get off the lollies get away from the takeaway foods and do the program. And there was a whole group of us who did it together. It was about 20 of us. So we were feeding back sort of in the WhatsApp group about how we were going and what sort of cream to use and our coffees <laughs> and um, so all that stuff. So it's been amazing and everyone's very supportive of each other, which is good. I still get teased about taking the, my cream to the golf club. Or, um, so that's a bit annoying. But, um, yeah, so it's been amazing. Yeah, fantastic. And, Kim, what do you feel was the most unexpected result that you've had? Oh, it's – there's been so many unexpected results. I think that's the thing. I never expected that I had the weight to lose. So I've lost 26 kilos 
since I did the program. Unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, the last sort of eight kilos of that has probably been in the last 12 months and that's been more about strength training, which Eleanor talked about, which has been a game changer for me as well. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me was feeling connected with my physicality Mm -hmm. again and feeling like I was empowered about it. I knew what to do. I sort of knew the signs and everything um, I, I'm a bit geeky. I like to understand all the science and like how it all works. So when I put all the pieces together and understood, oh, it's not just I wasn't a dieter. So um, it's not just about what I eat. It's how my muscles use it, how my body works, all of that sort of thing. It was like this whole picture and I just went, oh, my goodness. So people ask me about, they see me after 12 months or something, they go, you look amazing. Uh, what did you do? And I can go on for about 20 minutes about what I did. You know, I'm really evangelical about it and I've had friends go through it. I think the biggest thing for me uh, has been uh, that connection with myself, yoga. I do a lot of hot yoga and things like that is a completely different class now. I'm doing things I never thought I'd be able to do. Uh, The other thing I think is because my sister did it before me, We um, she was like my buddy. Yeah. You know, as I was going through, you mentioned, Kaz, mm-hmm. about having, like, people that called you to account yeah. and all of that. Um, so we were sending photos on WhatsApp and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, I never thought at, so she turns 50 this week, I'm 54, and I feel the best I've felt in my entire life, and I think mm. she feels the same. And when we talk about it, it's just a whole different language about, how we care for ourselves, how we look after ourselves. Yeah. It's about so much more than losing weight, oh, yeah, isn't it? The absolutely. whole process because I, I, weight is the thing that we all see. Yes. It's the external thing that we're all aware of mm. and so it's the catalyst a lot of the time for people actually wanting to to do the program or wanting to make change. Mm. However, the, the thing I love uh, in the program is by about the third week, people start to realise it's actually not about that at all and that there is so much more sort of underneath the waterline and that's just the tip Mm. of the iceberg and it becomes less important because you understand so much more that you're actually now in control and starting to regain confidence, I guess, in what your body is capable of doing. So I think that's really important. What did you find was the most sort of unexpected um, achievement that you've sort of had over the last couple of years, Eleanor? Um, Probably longer physical empowerment as well for me. My Mm. strength training walking is just not negotiable. It's just built into my day. Mm. Um, I've become a swimmer. Um, We Irish are not known for our swimming prowess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I learned to swim when I was 50. That was, well, you know, before I'd done Aston RX. But Mm. um, I've just lately become a sea swimmer. Mm. And just the thought that I can do this and, you know, I can get out there and I can swim. And in Melbourne, you're so Uh, brave. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, probably the physical um, ability that, you know, the fact that I can deadlift quite a lot of weight. Mm. Um, I see people my age getting on planes and asking the flight attendant to help them lift their overhead bag and I think I'm never going to be that yeah um so yeah probably that yeah Yeah. and I think that feeling of physical strength also translates to mental and emotional strength as well yeah Yeah. Yeah. fantastic and Kaz for you um for me I I'm doing strength I've always exercised Mm. always 
I only lost seven kilos, but I didn't feel as if I needed to lose more. Um, for me, I think the basal rate changing, is that mm. the right terminology, yeah. basal rate? Mm. So I find if I'm Weight Watchers or something like that, you know, I would lose the weight and then it would go back on. Whereas mm. the um, Aston program, you, you meant it changes your base rate, I found. Mm. So it's harder to put it back on. Mm. Um, Once you become more insulin sensitive, mm. so we talked to you about how to sort of regulate your blood sugar and become more insulin sensitive and that's what allows you also to to be able to keep that weight off yeah, which is right. which is important and for the inner health side of things as well Definitely. Eleanor you mentioned non-negotiables before mm. which I love so I have non-negotiables and we talk about those in the program so mine are um, once I've eaten I'm not eating again for five hours um, I have a minimum 12-hour overnight fast every 24 hours and um, I don't do food bullies. Um, so when I say that, I know that when you start to change things, everybody is an expert. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot you cannot swing a cat without hitting an expert in nutrition, <laughs> right? Everybody is an expert. I don't know why, but everybody seems to be an expert in nutrition. And so it becomes quite difficult, I think, when you start making changes because sometimes we can get excited and start talking about it to people and then you get this confrontational attitude from people mm -hmm. where they're saying, oh, no, you yeah. shouldn't do that because and they've read yeah. something or they know someone else who did it and mm. there's always something where they're trying to sort of bring you undone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find that Absolutely. experience? Um, on two fronts, one on the nutrition front and one on the exercise front. Mm. So with food, yes, I would have all my friends telling me to, oh, no, it's bad to do fasting. Um, and by fasting, I mean leaving the gaps in yeah. between. Um, she just count calories. You know, and I in the beginning, I sort of tried to sort of fight back a bit. And then I just thought, well, you do you. They'll catch up eventually. Um, and like you, Kim, I like to do a lot of reading. I think the first book I got onto was Dr. Fung. Yes. And, you know, read that. And I tried to get people, friends to look at that. And they were like, no. Mm. So, um, so that Obesity was Obesity code. That's it's it. a great book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no. And it, when they're ready to hear, you know, mm. they will. The other mm. one was to try and resist advice at the gym as well. Uh, you know, the gym. Every trainer is an expert. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, calorie deficit kept saying calorie deficit. I think I called you a few times, yes. Todd, saying. Yep. They're trying to get me to reduce calories and reverse diet and all this sort of stuff and to really stand firm myself and say, I know me, I know my body, and I know how to do this. And thanks, but not thanks. So, mm. yeah. So I had gym bullies and nutrition bullies. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does look, it makes it tricky. Um, and it's it's hard not to listen to all of that noise. Mm. Um, but I think having a really good, solid foundation of understanding of how your body works helps you to navigate your way through that. Kim, did you find something similar? Yeah, on um, a couple of different fronts, not so much the exercise front, but definitely nutrition and uh, a little bit of, oh, don't worry, you can, you know, we're going to book late for dinner and it doesn't matter and I'm going to go, no, particularly in the first 28 days when mm. I was trying to trying to change habits. I was trying to change what I'd done for years mm. and I thought the minute I jump off, I'm gone. I'm going to have to start from scratch. So there was a bit of that. Um, the other thing I found 
uh, not so much the experts, but everybody has an opinion about your weight and how, what you should lose and what you shouldn't lose. And so I've just been here over the weekend and people haven't seen me for about 14 months. And they take it, they look and they go, wow, you look amazing. And I had someone say to me Saturday night, don't lose any more. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and that <clears throat> happened a little bit. So I was, mm. I, the ex- the experts stuff I was a little bit more prepared for because when I became an entrepreneur, it's a similar thing. It's like everybody's an expert about what you should do, how you should build a business, whether they've done it or not, you know, that sort of thing. So my thing is go to someone who's done it before, who does the thing, who has achieved the thing you want to achieve. So it's important for me to have so you know, with the program with Aston RX, I, I kind of went, this is the program, I've invested in the program and this is what I'm going to follow. Whatever your opinion is, I've made the choice um, and that sort of thing. So that was that was easier for me. But the whole, you look amazing, don't lose any more, mm. was I kind of went, at first I got really triggered. I got a bit triggered on the weekend too. I kind of went, like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so that it was more that yeah. with yeah, me, even yeah, though I yeah. was looking great and I love what I'd done. I think it was just such a shock from what I looked like before. Mm. And people mm. often say, I didn't think you were overweight, but you were just yeah. a different shape. Yeah. And now I'm really lean. My face has changed back to the way it was years mm. ago, quite um, narrow. Uh, yeah. So I think it's part of the shock. Yeah, a little bit ungenerous. I feel a little bit, you know, who are you to tell me what I can lose? Yeah. <laughs> People can don't I, like us to change. No, mm. I, I was just going to mm. jump in with something. Yeah, do. I found the whole sort of you look amazing, it began to annoy me because it was like it fed into that before and after thing. You know, you've got value, more value when you're less big, mm. less value when you're bigger. And I found mm. that really you know, it's like I wasn't amazing before. Okay, you know, <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, it just really, you know, I, I pushed back on that. Then eventually, yeah. One of my um, one of my clients actually said that she knew when she was losing weight because a lot of the school mums stopped talking to her. <laughs> so when she was, she she'd actually gained about twenty five kilos, and she said when she was overweight, all of the school mums at pick-up time, were all over her, chatting with her, inviting her out for coffee and being really friendly. And as soon as she started to lose weight and get close to her goal and she'd lost, you know, nearly 30 kilos, they'll stop talking to her. Mm. Um, Mm. It's, you know, it's quite incredible the perception Mm. people can have. So it's somehow she became threatening to Mm. them or wasn't as sort of inviting to talk to, yeah. which is how, odd. Yeah. How important it is to surround yourself with with people who are up for what you're trying mm. to achieve. I mean, yeah. I was really lucky to have, um, you know, my sister, uh, you know, Kaz, you talked before about, you know, a group of you yeah. mm. did it. So you sort of create an environment that supports what you're setting out to achieve and it sort of provides a little bit of a buffer, doesn't it, from all yeah, the other absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They say that if you surround yourself with five smokers, you'll become the sixth. Mm. Really? So, so you know, I think that your environment and the people that you surround yourself with is important. You know, we have the community forum on Aston RX, which is a, a support where I feel a lot of people come <laughs> in and want to vent about these types of things because they're talking to like-minded people who will understand. And a lot of the times their friends and family and colleagues 
don't like them to change and don't understand. So they feel a little bit ostracised, you know, by by what by doing mm-hmm. something different, and they do get that sort of pushback as well. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cass? Um, my family were very supportive. Mm. But they didn't like it when I maybe had a longer fast and skipped breakfast. They mm. thought that was ridiculous. And I was saying, well, I'm not hungry. And also it's actually really easy to skip. I found it really easy to not have breakfast instead of not have dinner. Mm. And eating earlier as well, they weren't a fan of. Mm. So, I, you know, you eat before it gets dark or try and eat before sort of 6 o'clock, 6.30. Um, so there was a lot of resistance around that. Yeah. Which was interesting. It's interesting. I think that meal timing is probably the hardest thing for most people. And let's face it, it's sort of grandma hour, isn't it, to go out for dinner at at six. But it's, you know, you feel any other way now. You feel so much better for doing it. Definitely. Um, I know that um, that my niece went out for for dinner last week and they'd booked for I think eight thirty. So, you know, ten o'clock, you're still eating. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's pretty hard to manage when you're not used to it. Well, in the UK, when I when I did mm. the program, it was winter mm. and you're supposed to eat before it gets dark. It was it's getting dark, dark at four. At four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going, oh, right, I'm really going to have to be disciplined about when I have breakfast, when I have lunch, so that I can have dinner before four. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's also making it part of your identity because I, I had a client yeah. that I had a conversation with a while ago and she she was really trying hard to to get healthy and change her habits and, and lose some weight. And she said to me, um, oh, I'm going out for lunch today with a friend, but it's okay because she's really um, in good shape. She goes to the gym all the time. She's so disciplined with her food. Um, you know, she always chooses the right thing, so she won't be judging me. She doesn't drink. Um, and I said, oh, that's great. How would she describe you? And she just looked at me a bit horrified and she said, Oh no, she said, I'm the overweight, loud party girl who drinks too much. (laughs) And so I think sometimes when we have that identity and our friends are familiar with that identity, it gets very difficult to change Mm. it without fear of people not liking you anymore because you're actually changing a large part of, it's not just about your appearance or the way you're eating, but it's it's a lot about who they feel you are mm. and it's about who you feel you are. Mm. It's like, you know, if you give up smoking and you say, um, and someone offers you a cigarette and you say, oh, I'm trying to give up, or you say, I don't smoke. Mm. And that is someone identifying as a smoker who's trying not to be or someone who identifies as someone yeah. who just doesn't. Yeah. So I think it's, I feel like it's about changing that sort of identity in your head of who you are and, and being comfortable mm-hmm. to to be strong about that and it sort of be part of your core values. Have you found that, Kim, that that's something that you've done? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I have this saying every birthday, I say I'm only halfway through. So at this stage, you know, I've got another 54 years of life to live and I just think I want to be, I want my physical body, my mental health, I want everything to be in the best shape it can so that I can live the life I want until, you know, I go, that mm. sort of thing. So mm. the, the physical health thing has been really important. Um, but um, the the Nana O'Clock dinner, I, you know, <laughs> I sort of, there are friends of mine who have kids and they say, no, that's no problem. We eat with the kids then. You can come over. It's when it's um, sort of people who perhaps don't have children or have not been on the journey and they have this whole thing about they watch you eat and they go, oh, you still eat. 
you know, you still eat plenty. <laughs> and I go, yes. Uh, and you can still have great food. It's just you know what you're choosing. Um, and that's the thing. I tend not to, you know, people kind of go, oh, you, you're so good at setting boundaries and looking after yourself. And that's always been something I've been good at, but I never understood how to do it for my own health. And so that's been a big part that I just say, well, you don't have to like it. Um, I have to like it. This mm. is for me. It's not for you. Mm. So I think that's been a big a big shift, uh, not just with Aston. I think just in getting older and, be, you know, becoming a business owner and fighting off all the opinions of people yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing this for me. Mm. Mm. I tend to get food bullies a lot mm. and they feel like it's not a negative thing if mm. they're because I'm not overweight. <clears throat> so if I'm doing something healthy, so if I go out for dinner with people, you know, they'll sit down and say, oh, well, you know, we can't order that because Donna's here or, <laughs> oh, well, she won't have that. Yeah. I've even had a woman say she wouldn't walk next to me on the street uh, what? because, oh, well, I'm not walking next to her. Um, so, she, like, if I had have said that about mm, her, exactly. it would yeah. have been an insult, but yeah. she can say it about mm. me. But it's always judgment. Yeah. Yes. Or they yeah. judge yeah. how I look. Um, they'll judge everything about me because they're not, they don't feel they're saying anything negative, yeah. but it's still judgment. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I, and I, and I receive that all the time. Yeah. So it's an interesting one, isn't mm, it? It is. Yeah. yeah. How did you go um, with that? I was about to say, just yeah. um, with Kim, I, I think as women as well, we're so used to looking after everyone else. Yeah. Look after your partner, your children, your parents who are getting older, your friends, whoever's having a bad time, and you don't or I don't put myself first. Mm. So I think with the RX program you do start putting yourself first because it is a change for everyone. Mm. So I think that's really important. Yeah. They say when you get on a plane, you know, with the emergency procedure yeah. that you must put on your own oxygen mask before you help other people. And I always smile when I hear that because I think it's the same situation with this and the maternal mm. instinct is often to look after everybody else first and we'll just, it's fine, it's just me. Yeah. I'll, I'll come later. Um, but it's really important to yeah. put yourself first. Mm. Have you found that, Absolutely. Eleanor? And my, yeah. my um, well, they're at uni now, but, mm. you know, over the years when I wanted to sort of eat earlier and, you know, I fitted into their schedule but not, not anymore. You know, they know mm. now that it's leftovers or, you know, they can reheat or whatever because I want to eat it at that time. And we've, um, my husband and I were, in Greece and Italy about three weeks ago, try eating at six o'clock mm. yeah. in Greece. <laughs> the <laughs> restaurants are open, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, they, you know, I, we'd mm. say, you open, they say, for lunch? Mm. Say, no, dinner. Mm. Um, yeah, my husband and I have got used to eating early now. We never yeah. go out later than if you book a restaurant, six o'clock. Oh, 6.30, pushing it, but yeah. six o'clock is the limit for me. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's great. I'm, mm. so, I'm so excited to hear that you're all sort of, feeling comfortable with that mm -hmm. and and it is it does have to become that identity side mm -hmm. of things as well mm. it's interesting i think as we get older i mean we know when we're teenagers anyone over 40 was ancient mm. right it was like they were really elderly um my sister when she was 50 
told me a story. She came back to the office and was horrified because she'd been to pick up her car from getting it serviced. She'd just turned 50. And the young mechanic said to her, are you having any trouble with the seatbelt? And she said, um, no, why? And he said, oh, lots of our elderly clients <laughs> that own that model have had trouble with the seatbelt. She came back and said, I'm elderly. <laughs> like, what Not is that? There again. <laughs> I just think that, you know, there is that that perception. But I think now, you know, women, uh, I mean, look at someone like JLo, for example. You know, there are a lot of examples of women who are still very vibrant mm. and, you know, kind of coming into that second part of their life, but still able to do so much. And I think we sometimes use age as an excuse. I hear women say, oh, I have this, you know, fat around my middle, but it's menopause. Or, you know, I've I've gained a bit of weight and feel a bit sluggish and my joints hurt, but it's menopause. I, I don't take that as an excuse. Sure, it's common, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? Do you find that some of your friends, Kaz, sort of have that um, thought around it and how, how have you managed that? Um, it's, it's interesting. So it's much more prevalent in the UK mm. that they seem to be, my friends, you know, school friends and uni friends over there, they seem to be older than here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I find that too. Do you find the same? Yeah. And I don't know yeah. whether it's the sunshine, I don't mm. know whether it's we get out more and we're more active, but I definitely see that that cultural shift. They mm. seem old at 50. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And they think we're amazing because we're playing golf twice a week or playing tennis. (laughs) You're amazing. I think people give things up at certain ages because it's just common. Mm, I don't know. Mm. And it's that friendship group, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, if you're the fittest one out of your friends, you think you're doing really well, even if you're not. You know, and yeah. vice versa. So mm. how did you find that, Kim? It's, uh... it's a really interesting comment, actually, living mm. in the UK for 20 mm. years and sort of coming back. I get um, I get a lot of comments about how much younger I look than my age. So when I say I'm 54, they go, what? You are not 54. And I go, mm. yes, that's lovely. Thank you very much. But I, I don't think it's just about how I look. I think it's about how I approach life mm. and, you know, Part of it is saying, well, I wonder what else I could be capable of. That's a really great place to stand. It's not just about what I've learned I'm capable of. It's made me inspired about I wonder where I'll be standing this time next year and I wonder what I will have tried. And there's this curiosity now to almost like test the limits or to keep stretching the boundaries and exploring you know, who I am, whether it's physically, um, emotionally. Uh, You mentioned before, um, you know, about, you know, both of you talked about, you know, being at home and all that. So I'm single. I don't have kids. I don't have a partner. And sometimes the the temptation to say, to to let myself off the hook Mm. was the hard, because I didn't have accountability at Mm. home. Um, So I had to set up structures. Um, and now I'm just so used to doing that that if I need to achieve something new, I I will always I'll, I'll communicate it to someone in my team for the business or you know there's yeah. always someone and there's people in my circle I know I can share that with and say you know I I really want to develop this hold me to account where there is other friends that are really supportive but that wouldn't do that or wouldn't know how to do that so you know that whole thing about you know finding your circle and I've even mm. look you know there are some very lovely 
UK people over there. They've all done Aston um, <laughs> because they've said, look at yeah. you, you look amazing. And it's mm. the energy and the health and um, and that sort of thing I think people are drawn to. Mm. Um, whether they want to do the work or not is completely mm. up to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you've created that internal structure yeah. and accountability because I think a lot of people always look to the external accountability. So if you don't turn up for work, you get in trouble. There's a consequence. Yeah. If you go and eat the wrong things or yeah. don't go to the gym or don't look after yourself, it's only you, right, yeah. who you have to be accountable to. Yeah. So I think, you know, having a strong self-accountability and structure is is really important as well. Yeah. Have you found that, Yeah, Eleanor? look, I think just on that self-accountability sort of stream, um, one of the the lovely things that I experience now is um, the flexibility of being comfortable about I can go on holidays, I mm. can go out to eat, I don't have to say no to things because I'm, I don't eat bread or whatever it is. Yeah. So just dropping all of those kind of food rules, knowing that I have my own food rules and um, they're the non-negotiables and I know I can stick to them without having to be, you know, yeah. wave a flag about it. Yeah. And it's just really... It's just really nice to get, well, I know where I'm at. Um, I, I can go out to that dinner or I can have a holiday and relax about, you know, beforehand I think, oh, God, I'm going to come back five kilos heavier or whatever. Mm. That's just gone for me mm. now. Yeah. 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 Kaz, what do you think you've learned in the last couple of years that you'd sort of like to shout from the rooftops that you wish other people knew? Often I, I have people learn things through the program and they'll say to me, you know, why doesn't everyone know that? Like that's that's just seems so obvious. Why mm. doesn't everyone know that? Is there something that you've learnt that you've taken on board and think, gee, I wish other people kind of knew that if they're struggling? Yeah, it's a tricky question because it's mm. um, every it's every every journey is different for everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just wish people would be more worried about themselves and how you know how to get fit and healthy at our mm. age as well. And it's, mm. It is achievable. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, if people ask me, oh, you look great, or you haven't put the weight back on, I'm, I'm, I will <laughs> sit down with them for as long as they want. Now you listen to me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kim? The insulin, the yeah. whole yeah. impact mm. of insulin for yeah. me. You know, uh, as I said, I wasn't at diet and I didn't really do calories, but that was the only language I knew. Mm. And that... One of those first videos or the, where you do the squiggly mm. line of what yeah. insulin's doing in your body when you do mm. all these things, it, it just, I went, oh, my goodness. It was almost like the key in the lock yeah. and then everything fell into place from there and I thought, I mm. wish I had have known that. As I said before, I get really geeky and I like to understand mm. all the connections between things and when that happens, you know, even my sister and I now will kind of go, Oops, well, that was a bit of an insulin spike, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Might need to take care of that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's good. A birthday cake this weekend, perhaps, <laughs> you know. But, you know, that that was the like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like that was the aha moment for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Mm. And reading the obesity code recommended mm. by you and mm. um, put all that into place. And, but it's funny how you hear it coming into the – mainstream now I mean that was probably five years ago when yeah. I started looking at that um you know I was at my GP recently and she said do you do you understand about insulin it's like how long have you got you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah insulin that's just yeah. yeah and 
people really don't understand that. No, mm. it's it's coming slowly yeah. but surely. Yeah. It just takes yeah. a while for things mm. to sort of reach critical mass, I suppose. Um, when I wrote my first book in 1999 um, and said that, you know, it was sugar and refined mm. carbs that was the problem, not fat, um, everyone said I was the crazy eccentric person who was mm. going to kill people if I told them that. And then 20 years later, they all finally caught up and were agreeing with mm. me. So mm. it just takes a while mm. to come through, but the science is there. And it's just Absolutely. about a matter yeah. of, you know, once you experience it yourself too, you know, it starts to take on a whole new meaning as well. But it's the, and the, the gem bullies don't often understand about the, no. like the constant snacking them. Well, that's mm. sort of on doing all the insulin issues. So mm. that's, yeah, I just got, yeah, whatever. And, you know, move yeah, on. I think that one of the most powerful things thinking about it is actually getting those blood test results. Yes. Because mm. I wasn't, you know, really, really overweight. I was probably mm. the high range of my ideal weight range. Mm. But the shock of thinking, oh my God, I'm almost pre diabetic. Yes. Like that was a real wake up call. And then doing the program after 28 days and getting the blood's redone or three months later and seeing the drop. Mm. It was extraordinary. I think that is a big, as you were saying, yeah. a big, big wake-up yeah. call. And it's super empowering knowing that you can actually change your blood test results because you know, we're not mm. really taught that. Mm. In fact, we're not even really taught what our blood test results mean. So I think that is a really important thing that we like to teach people as well mm. so that you can have a really informed consultation with your doctor and you know what things to ask and you can actually have a conversation about your health and and be collaborative in that mm. way, which I think is really, really important. Um, I was just going to say about what is the prize um, fat is in terms of eating fat, how, yes. you know, it doesn't raise your cholesterol and, mm. and you know, having to explain to people why I have cream in my coffee, um, I've sort of gone past that now but mm. and getting those cholesterol results where my doctor recently said I had one of the lowest cholesterol results for my age that he's seen in a long time mm. and I have cream in my coffee every mm. single day mm-hmm. um yeah fantastic mm. I love that I love that but it's always the first thing we jump to and often the first thing the doctor will jump yeah. to as well if, yeah. if they don't know yeah. Mm. Yeah. and there's a big thing in there I don't know whether it's um here in Australia as well but certainly um every time you go to the GP or go to to see the doctor there's this slight lecture on obesity yeah. but they don't actually give you any tools mm. you know it's always eat less exercise more keep your sugar down keep your fat down and it's not you know it's not helpful i mean now i don't get it because i don't look like i need it but <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was like every appointment when i was looking for the hrt for the, all the you mm. know perimenopause symptoms i just they they all talk about weight and i'd kind of go well that's great, but I'm not sleeping. I'm an absolute basket case. Um, I want this fixed first. And I had to really mm. fight. And then when I got onto sort of like a level playing field on that level, I kind of went, right, now I can address mm. the next thing. But it, it became this constant barrage of, yeah. of you know, um, cutting about obesity, finger wagging about obesity without actually a solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's it's a frustrating thing. You can imagine anybody who has a lot of weight to lose and mm. has those underlying health problems, how frustrating that would be. Yeah. Eleanor, do you sort of have a, a bit of advice? What's one piece of advice that you might give somebody in a similar situation to where you started to get going? Mm. I would say just start. And just consistency. Yeah. 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 
and because it does work mm. and you know stop expecting to lose 10 kilos by christmas whatever just start and just be consistent yeah and that's a great point you know if you go to the gym and have a workout and come home and look in the mirror you look exactly <laughs> the same right <laughs> if you do it two days in a row same thing mm. but if you do it every day mm. or you know three times a week for six months huge change. So yeah. it's those consistent mm. little, what may seem monotonous habits to start with that really yeah. have the biggest Absolutely. impact. What about you, Cass? Yeah, something similar. I would say trust in the process. Yeah. Just take it one day at a time and, um, yeah, it does work. Mm. Believe in yourself and just keep going. And if you, and also if you fall off the wagon for a day or so, it doesn't matter. Mm. Yep, just exactly. climb yourself up yeah. and get back on. Yeah. We learn from those mistakes. They're learning opportunities, right, yeah. as opposed to, you know, throwing the towel for mm. it. So absolutely. How about you, Kim? Uh, I think adding to what's just been said is that you are worth investing in mm. because, I mean, I'm, a you know, outside of the, the health things we're talking about today, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I coach a lot of people who are at a time in life when they want to move into entrepreneurship or do something different or wondering what they're going to do next. And it's all about, I call it unlocking your greatest asset is you. Um, and you are worth investing in. Um, so do that first. Mm-hmm. And then you have plenty to give to others. Mm. What a great note to end that on. Mm. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you all being so generous with your time to share your stories today. And I'm sure it will be a huge inspiration to anybody out there who's looking to improve their health and wellness. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure.